You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're going to play around today with more cases of making an error. And we are really playing around with sort of boundaries of time and space and how they fit together. Now, and we are playing around mainly, by the way, with an Eruv Tchumim. Remember, we said there are three kinds of Eruv. There's an Eruv Chatzerot for a courtyard. There's an Eruv, there's a Shitu for sharing for an alley. And then there's the Eruv, the Eruv Tchumim, which is for the Shabbat boundary, the limit of 2,000 Amot, beyond which we cannot go on Shabbat. And I've drawn you out here, the base case, actually, in the middle of the slides. You see that the base case just has a little picture of a town in the middle and a 2,000 cubit boundary around the town. That's the classic case. If we live in the town, we can't go more than 2,000 cubits outside it on Shabbat. That's our base case. Now, what if we take our Eruv, so we take our food, we take a loaf, before Shabbat, remember the Rambam explained that we have to do this before Shabbat. We take the loaf before Shabbat and we put it down on the eastern edge of the boundary. Look, I put a little red spot on the eastern edge of the boundary. On the, the second case, the Eruv to East case on the right hand side of the screen. So we put it down there. We declare that is our Eruv and that means our new Shabbat boundary is now 2,000 amot centered around that loaf. So we can get back to town. We can actually walk between town and the, and the loaf. But we can also walk another 1,000 amot past the loaf. So we've got extra flexibility in one direction, one direction only. And the third case, the Eruv to West case, which is on the left-hand side of the screen, that's the opposite case. We go west, we plonk our loaf down. That's our Eruv. We can walk to the loaf uh, on Shabbat and we can walk beyond it another, uh, actually another 2,000 Amot because it's 2,000 round, sorry. It's, it's, it's 2,000 in any direction. So we can actually go 4,000 Amot from the town on Shabbat. That's the basic geometry. That is playing around with space. With that in mind, let's look at the Mishnayot and then we'll see that we're going to play with time too. Okay. Nitgalgel chutz latchum. We placed our Eruv, but it's rolled beyond the boundary. How this loaf is going to roll, I'm not sure. Maybe an animal is going to roll it. Or, nafalalavgal, a whole pile of stones fell on it, so it became inaccessible. Or, or nisraf, it got burnt. Or truma venit meat venit mate. It was truma, and then it became impure. And in other words, basically, the eruv became unusable. And the point about an eruv is it has to be usable. It's got to be edible food. That's really what we learned when we looked at the categories of food that could be used. Food that cannot be eaten, like tevel, food that hasn't had maaseri shon taken from it, is not eligible for the eruv. The eruv has to be made of edible food. And if that happened during the day, mibod yom, eno eruv. If it happened during the day, that means during the day, during Friday, 
if it happens before Shabbat comes in, a no Erov, it's not an Erov. It has to be an Erov when, it has to be legal when Shabbat comes in. And then the Mishnah continues. Misha, Chashecha, Hareze Eruv. After dark, it is an Eruv. In other words, once we've taken our loaf and we've plonked it down on that boundary, maybe we've watched it for a few minutes to watch it to make sure that Shabbat had come in. At that point, it doesn't matter anymore. The fox can come and eat it in the night. It doesn't make any difference. We've established our Eruv. We've got our 4,000 Amot. Okay. What if? So if if it happened during the day, it's not an Eruv. If it happened after dark, it is an Eruv. What if we don't know? What if we don't know when the fox ate it or when it was burnt or when the heap of stones fell on it? Maybe we went away and left it. That's the question that Mishnah is going to examine. Im Safek. What if there's a doubt? Rabbi Meir ve Rabbi Yuda Omrim Hareze Hamar Gamal. Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Judah say this is a donkey driver, camel driver situation. Rabbi Yossi ve Rabbi Shimon Omrim Sfeik Eruv Kasher. Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon say a doubtful Eruv is valid. You can imagine this, by the way. The Eruv is only a takana of the sages. It's only a, uh, it's an institution of the sages made to, to effectively regularize something which might already have been permitted. So you can see why, if it's doubtfully valid, it's, it's valid. And Rabbi Yossi said that Aftulamos testified on the authority of five elders that a doubtful Eruv is, is, is valid. Aftulamos he'id mishum chamishaz kenim asfeik Eruv she kasher. The Doubtful Erov is kosher. So, and again, the star is a bit like the Mishnah of Ediot. Yeah, it's the star is like the, you know, the lists of people testifying their opinions. And perhaps the only thing we don't understand here is what's the donkey driver, camel driver? Well, the thing, and let's just go back and look at the diagram because there is an area in this diagram between the town and the um, the town and the Erev, where we are always allowed to walk. So remember, it's a case of Safek. We don't know whether that Erev is any good or not. So we don't know whether that loaf was eaten by foxes or when it was eaten by foxes. But we could walk out as far as the loaf anyway. And if the Erev were valid, we could walk between the town and the loaf because, look, between the town and the loaf... Well, that's between the town and loaf is, is, is within the, let's say it's within both boundaries. It's inside the common area of the Venn diagram. We can move between the two points. That's what we can do. And that's the camel driver, donkey driver thing. When you drive a donkey, you drive it from behind. When you drive a camel, you have to lead it from the front. So if you're trying to drive a donkey and a camel together, the only way you can do it is to stay between the two of them. You have to be behind the donkey and in front of the camel. Always. Otherwise, you're not going to get anywhere. And that's what the sages mean where they say, this is like a donkey driver, camel driver problem. You have to be between the new Shabbat 
the, the center of the, you have to be in the middle of the Venn diagram between the town and where that you placed your loaf. And of course, in the other direction, you can't go at all. Because if the arrow is valid, you're not allowed to uh, go out of town in the other direction. That's the camel drive. That's Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda saying, this is the donkey driver, camel driver problem. <laughs> okay, let's keep moving. Let's make this conditional. Let's set up, let's go, let's go back to this diagram here. Let, why don't we set up two Erovs, one to the east and one to the west? Yeah, could we make use of two Erovs? And then we'd have basically 4,000 Amot to the right and 4,000 Amot to the left. We'd have a giant space. That's the question the Mishnah is going to ask next. A person could make a condition concerning his Erov. He set up two of these Erovs. And he's saying, if foreigners, these are dangerous foreigners, right, come from the east, let me flee to the west, because that's where my Erov is from the west. Let my Erov be to the east. If they came from both directions, I'll go whatever direction I desire. If they come from neither direction, I'll be like the people of the town. Look, um, maybe I just want to use the center part of my diagram. and I don't want either Erov. So maybe I can make a conditional Erov. And the sages actually do allow us to make a conditional Erov. And what if there's an opportunity to go to Yeshi, to go to a Shia? What if... Um, what if a sage comes from the east and gives a shear? At that point, I wouldn't want to flee from the east. I'd want to go to the east. The Mishnah wants to establish that this works two ways. We can go positively and negatively. If the Chacham comes from either direction, I'll go in whatever direction I desire. Uh, and um, If no sage comes, if no, no, one, no Chacham comes from either direction, I'm just going to be like the people of my, of my town. And Rabbi Yudah says, look, if one of them was his teacher, he can only go to his teacher. If both were his teachers... He can go in whatever direction he prefers. So that is the stretching of space. Let's try and stretch time now. So Rabbi Eliezer. Now we know Rabbi Eliezer. And we're, we, know we start, when we see Rabbi Eliezer, we are already a little bit suspicious. Rabbi Eliezer says, if a festival day is immediately before or after Shabbat, we can do two Erevs for two different days. So we're stretching time, not space. Two errors, two different days. And we can make the following declaration. Uh, my, the first error is for the east, second error is for the west. Or uh, or maybe um, uh, maybe uh, my for, maybe my Erov is for the first day, and the second day I'll be as a people of my town, or vice versa. Can we play this game? Can we Rabbi Eliezer says we can play this game. So Rabbi Eliezer thinks essentially that the two days are distinct. We can make a separate Erov for one and for the other. And the sages are not going to agree. 
מוערב לאוכחת, או אינו מוערב קוליקה. The sage say either he prepares in one direction or none at all. או מוערב לשני ימים, או אינו מוערב קוליקה. He prepares one error for two days or none at all. As far as the sages are concerned, these two days are somehow intrinsically linked. So how do they think you should act if you need your Erev to last for two days? Because remember we said the Erev has to be still edible when Shabbat comes in. If it's a two-day event, maybe Shabbat, Fechag, Chag, Shabbat, it still needs to be available on the second day. And maybe, you know, maybe the fox has eaten it. Or maybe the stones have fallen on it. Or maybe someone's dragged it or burnt it or destroyed it. How do you know that your Erev is still, even if you make an Erev for two days, how do you know it's still there on the second day? So what what, what are we going to do? Kate said, yeah, how do we do? He, go, he brings the Erev on the first day. He lets it get he lets it get dark, and then he takes it back home. Takes it back home. Remember, he, he can walk back to his house, right? So he's put the Erev there. He's had it there as Shabbat's coming in, or as the first day of the festival's coming in. We don't want the fox to eat it. So he's going to take it back home. Second day. Second day. Basheni. Basheni. Machshich alav He takes it back, and he eat, and he, he 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 waits until it's dark. Or what? As soon as it's dark, it's a valid eruv. Veochlo. He eats it. He can actually. You can actually. You know. We're not going to waste food. Venimza. And that means he can benefit both in his going and in his, and in his eating. And if the Erev was eaten on the first day, it remains effective for the first day, but not for the second. If it's eaten on the first day, obviously it's not around for the second day. That's why when he brings it out the second time, he's going to wait till it gets dark. He's going to wait till the second day comes in. Okay, so Rabbi Eliezer now is going to come back on this. Amar lahem Rabbi Eliezer, he wants to have the last word. Modimatem li shehen shtei kudushot. You do then agree with me that they are two different holinesses. So in the final analysis, Rabbi Eliezer wins the intellectual argument, even though I think the halakha probably does not go according to him. But we know from the story of the Tanur of Achrai, by the, of Achnai, by the way, Rabbi Eliezer is always right. He has this connection to heaven. He always knows what the halakha is. We don't always go according to Rabbi Eliezer, but we know that Rabbi Eliezer is always right. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.